All right, welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast for the UW Green Bay Psychology Program. I'm Ryan Martin, chair of the psychology program here at UW Green Bay, and we have three special guests today. Um, so, first, I want to introduce Jennifer Liana. Am I pronouncing that right? Correct. Okay. Yes. I actually spend a considerable amount of time mispronouncing people's names on this podcast. So, um, she's a psychology alumni from UW Green Bay and works now for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. Am I doing that right? Yes, that's Good. right. All right. We also have John Galley, who works along with uh, with Jennifer. John, can you describe what you do for the? Sure. So I have a background. I started out as a therapist at mm -hmm. uh, CARD, Center for Autism Related Disorders, um, and then started providing supervision for children on the spectrum um, and adults. And now I am the director of new office expansion in the United States, as well as the director of affiliate programs, which is our, our affiliate sites in South Africa, oh, Zimbabwe, wow. Ghana, Thailand, and we have a cluster of kids at Amman, Jordan as well, and then remote clinical services, which are... Families that live more than 50 miles from a card office, uh, okay. it's difficult for them to access services, and so we hire therapists in their area and then fly in supervisors and provide interim supervision via telehealth, okay. utilizing FaceTime. So, and I'm already sort of blown away because it's a much, much bigger organization than I was expecting when we even started this. So that's great. Um, that's incredible. Um, I also want to introduce a student who is with us today, Sarah Busco. Sarah, if you want to. Hello, everyone. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, Jennifer, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved, uh, things like that. Absolutely. Um, my background is purely in psychology and human development here at UWGB. Uh, my freshman year, I had actually attended a different university where I had to take a one-credit course about psychology as a profession, and I learned about ABA, okay. um, Applied Behavior Analysis. And when I transferred back to UWGB and began their program, there wasn't a lot in the area offered, specifically in ABA, especially in training in ABA. So I had to pursue that myself, which led me to going to FIT and taking some online courses, um, specifically in ABA while attending UWGB and doing an honors in the major um, with autism treatment at a provider I was with, um, and then doing also some additional studies where I was able to work in ABA um, into my curriculum here with the help of a few professors. Um, with that, when I graduated, I knew I needed to get a master's in order to get licensed as a board-certified behavior analyst. So that led me into a master's in counseling, which I did for a while and wasn't for me. And I looked for more of a graduate program that specialized in behavior analysis opposed to just doing my emphasis courses through FIT, which led me out to California. Um, and in California, I started at a university specifically for a master's in behavior analysis, leading into a PhD, and I started working for CARD. And so that was about a little over two and a half years ago now. Um, and then through my journey by master's and with CARD, I ended up coming back to Wisconsin, and now I'm here trying to expose the market essentially to licensure, to certification, both at a bachelor's level um, even high school diploma level all the way up to a master's and PhD level and hoping to bring all of that education into the market. Um, so I have a couple certifications right now while I'm working on more. We have our BCAT that CARD kind of piloted and is its own 
-hmm. um, behavior board now, it's the BICC runs it, and that is a board certified autism technician. And that's something available, I believe, at the high school diploma level. Correct. Yeah, with 40 hours of specialized training in behavior analysis. Mm -hmm. And I also have an RBT certification, which is actually through the National Behavior Board, mm -hmm. um, the BACB, and that is a bachelor's level um, registered behavior technician. Okay. Um, next month, I'll be sitting for my board level associate behavior analyst licensure, um, which is the BCABA, and then when I finish my master's next summer, I'm sitting for my BCBA, and okay. then leading into my BCBAD in a okay. couple of years. Um, that's kind of my path specifically in ABA. Mm -hmm. What drew me into the field was the scientific nature of it. Mm -hmm. um, and all of the, when you interact with kids, seeing such results immediately mm -hmm. um, with all kinds of different kids, mm -hmm. wherever they are on the spectrum, um, or even not on the spectrum. I've worked with kids with Down syndrome. I've worked with kids with low muscle tone. Mm -hmm. um, and just teaching them motor skills or teaching them organizational skills or whatever they need specifically for them through behavioral principles mm -hmm. and that scientific research and seeing its success mm -hmm. really kind of drives me. Right. Uh, and looking, what led me to CARD was looking for the specialized training in behavior analysis, looking for clinical quality, um, looking for a support system for me trying to learn more okay. about the field. Wow, that's great. So, so you listed off a bunch of different um, licensures and things like that in there. And, and one of the things I imagine our students who are listening might have, have thought while they were doing that is, okay, so there's a lot and it's complicated and I'm a little overwhelmed. So what's the best, What one of the things I always like to do is, is kind of provide resources and let mm -hmm. students know along with this, I'll provide links and things like that. What is What are some places students can go to help them figure this stuff out? Like where can they go to figure out, okay, so I want to do that. Um, what kind of licensure do I need? And uh, where, where's a good resource for them, do you think? There's a couple of resources. I always recommend the CARD resource, okay. um, which is centerforautism.com. Okay. We've got both resources on there for clinicians. We have research on there. We have resources for families. There's a lot of outlets you can gain through that website. Mm -hmm. um, another resource is the board for behavior analysis. So the okay. BACB okay. um, tells you all about the different licensures. It'll tell you about the RBT, the BCABA, the BCBA. It'll also give you the how-tos. Mm -hmm. It gives you the task list the courses, the hours that are required, supervision requirements. Mm -hmm. It gives you outlets to schools mm -hmm. um, and different training programs that okay. can give you those certifications. Great. Um, and then BICC is the high school okay. diploma level, um, which is a BCAT exam. Okay. Um, and that's how you'd find out more about specifically that exam and how to access it. Gotcha. Um, luckily for me, for CARD employees, we offer it in our centers every couple months um, for our therapists, and we provide that okay. direct training. But it is available to anybody <clears throat> that wants to access it. Okay. That's kind of the first step to a licensure that gotcha. your students can do right now, okay. leading into an RBT and B BCABA and BCBA, okay. which is all through the Board of Behavior Analysts. So gotcha. all of that being said, though, I think something important to note for your students is that they don't have to go and get those types of things. It'll certainly provide them an, uh, an advantage when applying mm -hmm. for a job, 
but they can, can come in and apply for a job at any uh, ABA provider okay. without any of those licensures or certifications. And okay. a lot of times, typically, those providers are pro providing opportunities for them to get that licensure after they've been hired. Okay. So they'll have their own training programs. They just need a high school diploma. Uh, typically, um, that depends on the funding source to some degree, meaning insurance companies and or state funding sources, mm -hmm. what they're requiring for paraprofessionals. Gotcha. Um, but the important thing to note is if this is something that they're interested in, they apply to a, a provider that has open okay. job postings, go through the interview process, and all that's required most of the time is that high school diploma. Yeah. There are particular funding sources that do require bachelor's level. Um, um, a degree um, when providing direct therapy or the paraprofessional mm -hmm. level um, and then as, I, as Jennifer was saying there's a pathway to the supervisor level which is the board certified behavior analyst and that's across all providers most funding sources require that to provide supervision to oversee any child in school districts okay. do as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, I started in this field while I was a student here right. at UWGB. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's good. So if you were, um, uh, you're a student, and you imagine now you're interested in working in this field, and I know it's a little different than what you are interested in mm -hmm. some of your experiences, but imagine you're interested in working in this field. What questions might you have? What things would you want to know about, about trying to, to get here? Um, I think definitely what you covered is good to know for students, that you don't have to kind of do all that on your own, that mm -hmm. if you apply for a job that you'd be interested in, they're mm -hmm. going to help you get those licensures. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that can cause a lot of stress for students, like, how do I do this? Do I have to study for it? Mm -hmm. Like, what should I expect? And mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really helpful. Yeah. But also, I think students might just be interested in um, what kind of experiences they're all going to get with the type of job where that licensure is required. Because yeah. I think there's sometimes a break in between what they think they're going to get and what they're yeah. actually going to get and what they're going to experience in those types of jobs. That's, that's a big question that I had too. One of the things mm -hmm. I'd love you to explain is, okay, so we got a student, they say, I want to do an internship here or something mm -hmm. like that. <clears throat> What's their day-to-day -day life going to be like? Like, what will they do, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as they go to work in the, in the morning or whatever? Um, some days on a heavy day, it could be going to see two, three, four different kiddos um, who may be all completely different. So in the morning, mm -hmm. you may start with Johnny, who's a three-year-old who is very talkative and loves to play and we're helping him with skills like we may help potty training we'll do some parent training so teaching his parents a little bit of what we know and like hey when he drops on the floor and screams here's some good ways to handle that um, and making sure those parents are supported so you get that you get to learn how to support parents um, and be effective in that way so that clinical sense you get to learn how to teach skills whether they're huge skills like potty training or talking um, or as little as, and little is a bad word to use, but play skills where for a, a student coming into that session, play is fun, play is easy, but you're teaching that child so much when you're sitting there playing tracks with um, right. the kid. And then you may, after two hours, leave that session and go meet Sally, who's a eight-year-old girl who doesn't have a lot of language, um, and you're working on simply teaching her how to access her environment. Um, so you're going to teach her maybe spoken word, or you might teach her um, a picture exchange communication system. Um, and you're going to teach her how to not only interact with you, but how to interact with her environment and her parents and her caregivers and then her siblings. So how is she going to play 
monopoly with her siblings when her siblings look at her like she can't talk and can't do anything, but you're going to bring them together. So you're going to, you have a lot of opportunities to bring peers together with the individuals you're working with, to bring siblings together, to bring families together, to make sure everyone's supported and see what those children can do. Right. Um, and you may end your day at a kid who is nine years old, very talkative, into basketball, um, and you may just be helping him in a more natural way where you guys are out on the basketball court um, and you're teaching him social skills. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that comment you just made me was a little bit rude. Um, how do you think that your friend at school might take that? And walking him through those social situations that he can't necessarily at this point 100% mm-hmm. work through himself um, or the barriers that are standing between him and really good friends at school right. or him and his schoolwork, why can't he complete his math work? Um, during class, what's standing in his right. way, and just helping him through that. Uh-huh. Um, that's That could be a typical day, and it ranges every day. You're going to encounter new right. problems. You're going to see new things that these kids can do, and you're going to see new barriers that you need to help them get over. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is a lot of variety, and mm-hmm. that you know, is, I think, really appealing work-wise to a lot of people, a lot of our students who don't want to necessarily do the same thing all day. And that sounds like not only do you have variety amongst the the clients you work with, but also within clients, right? That Mm -hmm. what's an issue for one person one day is is there's a different issue for that child the next day, a different thing you need to work on. Yeah. Are there particular courses that uh, in the psychology program that students would benefit from taking as uh, as they kind of move in this direction? Absolutely. Um, Abnormal Psych is kind of a given. It teaches you a lot about what's out there for possible diagnoses. Um, It teaches you what types of treatments are out there, what has been done in the past. And it'll teach you specifically, if you're looking at ABA, where it's come from. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not uh, someone getting shocked anymore. It's not electrotherapy. It's a whole different Right. ball game, um, and it'll teach you the science behind this sort of intervention. But another one that to this day has helped me immensely is environmental psychology. Really? That's yes. great to hear. Um, because Georgina really pushes in there to look at what's going on in the environment. Right. So yes, these things are happening, but and this is the person that you're <clears throat> interacting with, but what else is happening around it? What's influencing that? Um, even her talk on feng shui to this day Um, gets me because she talked about how she couldn't have a child and then she looked bigger. What's going on in my environment? And then she was able to um, manipulate her environment in a way that de-stressed and allowed for different things in her life to happen. Um, But just looking, being able to open your eyes and look bigger than what's right in front of you. And in treating kids or disabilities or autism, wherever you go, there's always those barriers you can't see Mm -hmm. in that moment. So there's those barriers at home, there's those environmental things at home, there's things on the bus, there's things that are maybe going into this child's sensory input that you can't see if you're just looking through a funnel. But if you open up and you look at things like the lighting, the way the environment is handled, the people in the environment, what's going on in the classroom with Billy over in the corner, he's making these repetitive noises, why can't your kid get his work done? Well, let's look bigger, what else is happening in the classroom? that's affecting him and affecting his learning and his organization. 
Um, so that one I still hold so close so, in my profession. That's great to hear because I think that, that that falls in the category of things students probably wouldn't have thought was was necessarily relevant. And so mm -hmm. to hear that, you know, so no, someone kind of working in the profession says it is, says it's a good fit. So. Um, we are getting close to the point where we would wrap things up here. So okay. I guess what I'd love to hear from, I guess, first of all, Sarah, do you have any other questions or any other things you'd like to, to know or think are important? I think the only other thing I would be questioning as a student, um, if I was thinking about going down this path, is what type of training would I get to mm -hmm. be prepared to um, help the children who are at such different levels? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, it a lot of times depends on maybe the provider you're working for. Um, in the past, my training has been kind of hands-on. Mm -hmm. um, you go in and you observe and you have someone walking you through it. Um, specifically with CARD, we do it where we back it up a step and we give you some essentially textbook training mm -hmm. um, through an interactive module for a while and then you start seeing kids where you're just kind of a fly on the wall and you get to observe and you get to see how it typically looks and then you get to go in and you get to do it being walked through and your trainer will be faded out slowly mm -hmm. so that you get to learn with your hands all in the mess you get to be put in sticky situations where you do have to kind of think on your feet so you're taught but you still have a support system there mm -hmm. um, and then you always have ongoing trainings both specifically in ABA and autism but then you have ongoing training on your teams with clinical meetings every other week um, where the whole team gets together and they talk about new things that are happening or um, new problems or new programs or new ways to target certain things. Let me expand on that a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, so when you're coming in to CARD after you get hired, um, obviously we're doing background checks and all those types of things, TE mm -hmm. tests, and then you're doing 40 hours worth of web modules where you're taking quizzes. Um, this has been developed over the past 25 years. Um, and then following that, you're taking a written exam, uh, taking quizzes along the way, and then you're doing what she was talking about, which is your practical. Mm -hmm. um, you're going out on overlaps with various children. You have a senior uh, therapist that's been doing this for quite some time. Mm -hmm. You slowly start building in where you're doing more and more in each session, and that trainer is um, checking off a bunch of different competencies and having you do that and scoring on you on those types of things and then giving you feedback following the session. At the end of anywhere from 12 to 20 of these overlaps, you're taking a written exam um, and you're also doing a field evaluation. So you're being scored both on the textbook, as she said, and the practical application. But then following that, we have what are called bi-weekly clinics where the entire team gets together, all the professionals and the supervisor. You go through all the behavior intervention plans that you have in place to both reduce challenging behaviors and increase skill acquisition. And then we go through all the skill acquisition programs, which are language, executive function, cognition, social, play, adaptive, motor, and academic if it's uh, part of their program. And so you're learning from that supervisor, getting down and running these programs. You're learning from the other paraprofessionals that are there, and you're doing this with different kids. Then in addition to that, you have monthly trainings through your office meetings mm -hmm. where you'd be, you know, one month might be professionalism, one month might be prompting styles, mm -hmm. um, augmentative communication, um, providing therapy in the school environment, and then there are also additional um, CEUs if it's that are offered to the company, uh, offering to go to conferences, um, and other kind of mass trainings that we do company-wide via like webinar. Um, and then we also provide opportunities to go forward, uh, um, tuition assistance 
if you want to go into a graduate program, um, we have the FIT program with Florida Institute of Technology. Yeah. Yes. Um, and ASU right now. Yeah, so multiple programs where you can get your BCBA so that you can move forward. So there's a lot of upward mobility in a company like ours, uh, good and bad things with large companies, but mm -hmm. um, you know, I started out as a therapist. I'm now overseeing multiple departments. Our clinical director started out as a therapist. Our director of operations started out as a therapist. And so right. it's important to note that it's something that if it's a good fit for you, there's upward mobility and growth. You can go and work as a therapist in Amman, Jordan. You can move to Thailand. We have multiple people on the ground over there. And so you can go into quality assurance. You can go into our apps development. So we have people that are therapists that are now developing games and apps for us. Um, so there's a lot of different directions once you get cool. into it that you can leverage your strengths and your interests <laughs> once you get into it. But the core theme is, we all get into it because we want to help people. We want to help kids. Good. We want to work ourselves out of a job and say <laughs> goodbye, have a great life. Mm -hmm. So That's great. So, so we're going to wrap things up. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, just note is I'm going to include uh, some links uh, to CARD. I'm going to uh, include um, contact information uh, so that people could, who have further questions can get in touch with you. Um, I'm also going to put a, uh, so we have the Human Development Psychology Want Ads. I'm going to make sure that, uh, which is just a, basically an internal thing for our students so that they can learn a little bit more about some of the opportunities there. I'm going to ask you to send me something that I can make sure to post in there. Okay. Um, and so students, if you're, uh, that, that, the, the podcast may beat that ad, but, uh, but eventually there will be an ad up there too. So just know there's lots of people you can turn to if you have questions. And I want to thank everybody for being here today. And uh, thanks for your time. This is really, really interesting. So I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Having us. Thank you. All right.